Let's thank and praise God for our praise team today. Come on, let's uh, give God some praise and let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you for today. And I pray now that as your word goes forth, that you would give me clarity of both thought and communication, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be acceptable in your sight. Uh, may you be glorified in it all. May your people be edified. And may the devil be horrified by the life change that will take place. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For those of you who are believers, if you haven't experienced this already, keep on living. For most of us, you've experienced this at least one time. Somebody takes you there. I mean, you're trying to live right. Maybe you're trying to deal with some bad habits. You know, you've been cussing and you're like, I ain't, I'm not going to cuss anymore. You know, maybe you've got some destructive habits. You say, you know what, now I'm going to change my life. And then what happens? Somebody takes you there. And oh my God, please don't see it as it occurs. Like, don't see somebody taking you there. Because if you see them about to take you there, you might feel led to warn them. Might go something like this. Don't make me go there. Why, 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 are, you, why are you trying to make me go there? See, I'm trying to be a Christian. I'm trying to be saved. I, I told God I'm not going to cuss anymore. Come on, I know you're laughing, but you know I'm telling the truth. Man, I, look, I told you I don't. Why, look, don't make me go there. There's a side of me that I don't even like, and you're about to make it come out. Or maybe you've got that alter ego. Come on, you've already given that person a name, and you're like, please don't make her come out. Please, please don't make him come out. Because the truth of the matter is when people challenge us, especially when they go low, the temptation is to meet them right where they are. Matter of fact, if they go low, the flesh wants to go even lower. Oh, you want to go there? Okay, we can go there for real. But the word of God is clear that when people try to take us to a place that doesn't honor God, we have a responsibility as believers to not react to the temptation, but to respond in a way that God is still glorified. And listen, our testimony is still intact. Today, as we continue in our series, Doing It God's Way, I want to conclude a message that we started last week entitled, How to Stay High When People Go Low. How to Stay High When People Go Low. In our text today, we have a man who exhibits how to go through life focusing on the grace and goodness of God instead of focusing on the meanness and messiness of people. And how many of you would admit that it's easy to get distracted and focus on the messiness and meanness of people, especially when you haven't been messy or mean to them? But my brothers and sisters, God gives us a powerful example in the Word of God in 2 Samuel chapter 6 when we look at King David. 
David exemplifies for us what it means to stay high when people go low. And my brothers and sisters, he shows us this by showing us how to respond to a person that's not on the outside, but somebody who's on the inside. You know the wounds that hurt the most are the wounds that come from people in your inner circle, in your home, because those people know you the best. So they know where to place the knife like nobody else does. But David says, even when the stab comes from somebody close to you, you still have to learn how to stay high when you're tempted to go low. Last week, we talked about staying high when other people go low, and we started with part one of the message, and I just want to give you for the sake of review a reminder of what we talked about last week. I shared with you last week, number one, realize the Lord is blessing you right now. Uh, One of the great ways to stay high when people go low is to realize you are literally living in, walking in, standing in present blessings right now. See, there are certain things that you should never allow people to ruin for you. And that's a blessing. That's a right now blessing. Like if I'm enjoying a meal right now, man, don't mess with me. I'm I'm having a great time. I'm enjoying a great meal. I'm enjoying great fellowship with my friends, right? I'm not giving that any energy. I don't want to deal with that. I'm not going to deal with that. You ever had somebody come to you with some mess and you had to tell them, "Mm mm-mm, this is not the time or the place. I don't even want to hear it, right? David is recognizing that he is being blessed at the moment. He has walked the ark of God. They have come in celebrating, bringing the ark of God back into the city of David, put it in a tent that had been prepared, and it has been reestablished now as the center of the city. And the Bible says David blessed God. David blessed the people, and he was on his way home to bless his family. And the Bible says Michal, his wife, who had watched him come in dancing and leaping, acting, in her her opinion, in an unking-like way. She comes out in disdain and contempt for David. And David basically looks at her and says, I'm not going to let you ruin my praise. I'm not going to let you take me there. Because guess what? Even when people want to take you there, you don't have to go there. Because if you decide to go there, you are going with your permission. So first thing, realize the Lord is blessing you right now. Here's the second thing. Number two, remember the Lord has blessed you in your past. Remember the Lord has blessed you in your past. David remembered what the Lord had done for him. David remembered how he had been chosen by God. You remember the story when the prophet Samuel went to Jesse's house and Jesse brought out all of the sons of Jesse. He he brought them all out and and paraded them in front of Samuel to see if the horn of oil would flow. And the horn of oil refused to flow on any of Jesse's sons. And Samuel said to Jesse, "But, but God said the next king of Israel is going to come from your household. 
you must have another son. And Jesse said, well, yeah, yeah, I'm paraphrasing now. Yeah, there's one more, but that's the runt of the litter. He's, he's the baby. He, he out there, he, he's out there taking care of, of the flock. He, I mean, it can't be him. And David came in, and the horn of oil anointed him. But guess what? It was some years between the time of the anointing, some 13 years between the time of the anointing and the time that David would be appointed as the king of Israel. But he had been chosen by God. And he could think back over the times when God kept him, taking care of his father's flock. He could remember the time when, when God kept him, when he went out and did battle against the giant Goliath. He can remember when, when God kept him, when Saul was seeking to take his life. He can remember when God kept him, when the Philistines came against David and they went into battle. He can remember when God kept him. Somebody today, God says when people go low, one of the ways you can stay high is to remember how good not just God is right now, but how good God has been. Let's go to part two of our message and let's conclude our series, Doing It God's Way. One thing I want to share with you today. You must respond to people who go low in a way that glorifies God. If you are going to stay high when people go low, you must respond to people who go low in a way that glorifies the Lord. Now, listen to me carefully, because I don't want you to miss this. So, when people go low, First Lady Michelle Obama, who popularized the phrase at the 2016 Democratic National Convention, when they go low, we go high, made a remark in response to that and said, it's easy to go low. When I go low, I am in my ego. I would say from a spiritual realm, when we go low, when people go low, we are right in our flesh. And you have to recognize as a child of God that whatever you do and however you respond, should bring glory and honor to God's name. You should never respond in a way that would damage the testimony of the Lord or damage your testimony. You have to learn how to respond in a way that glorifies God. Watch what the text says, beginning at verse 20, 2 Samuel 6, the New Living Translation. When David returned home to bless his family, Mikal came out to meet him and said in disgust how glorious the king of Israel looked today. He exposed himself to the servant girls like any indecent person might do. How would you respond if after everything you've been through, you go to get the ark, you see a young man lose his life, you go back to get the ark, now you are following God's instructions instead of just going by your intentions, you get back 
after stopping after six steps to offer a sacrifice to the Lord, you are praising God, you bless the Lord for his goodness in allowing you to bring the ark of God back to the city of David, you bless the people who are rejoicing, and here you come home and you've got to deal with a bitter wife. That word contempt, disdain, literally means there was a bitterness that she had. There was an anger that she had. Somebody said bitterness is the baby that's given birth to when anger goes through its full gestation period. This woman was bitter, so much so that she stopped David on his way to bless his family. She stops him before he even gets to the house. What would have been your response? I can already hear some of you. Who are you talking to? You mean after everything I've been through, I got to come home and hear this? You should have been rejoicing with me. But you're going to sit here and criticize me when I walk in? Did you just miss that the ark of God is back in the city that's named after me? Did you just miss all that God allowed us to accomplish? Watch how David responds. Verse 21, David retorted to Mikal, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and his family. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord. So I am willing to act like a fool in order to show my joy in the Lord. Yes, and I am willing to look even more foolish than this, but I will be held in honor by the girls of whom you have spoken. David says, listen to me carefully. He says, you're talking about how foolish I look to everybody. I look and dance like a common person. I didn't act kingly. He said, I got news for you. When I think about how good God has been to me and all that God has done for me, I will rejoice. As a matter of fact, I will even act more foolish. And these that you think are looking at me with disdain, they will honor me even if my wife doesn't honor me. They will celebrate me, even if you don't celebrate me. Boy, I wish I had time to talk a little bit about making sure you celebrate those in your own house. <laughs> don't, don't, let anybody, don't let anybody celebrate somebody in your house more than you celebrate them. <laughs> no, nobody else. I, I, I had an opportunity to go to the Potter's house, and I was... I was they're visiting, and, and I'm just observing. That's the kind of person I am. I'm observing. I'm worshiping. And uh, Bishop Jakes was there preaching, and, and while he's preaching, uh, I'm just observing and watching and, and hearing people who are uh, celebrating the point and encouraging him in his proclamation of the word. And can I tell you something? The first person who was standing up was Sister Sarita Jakes. <laughs> she wasn't going to let anybody celebrate Bishop more than her. Uh, nobody's going to shout more than than his wife was. She, she was going to show her support for her husband. And I really appreciated that. David says, the ones that you think are not honoring me, they will honor me. The question is, will you honor me? See, Mikal was embarrassed by David. 
And, and I mean, think about it for a moment, right? She, she was King Saul's daughter. Um, we, we don't have any evidence of any courting or romance going on between her and David. As a matter of fact, the king gave her as the prize to whomever would slay the giant Goliath. So you can imagine, I don't know, you can imagine this, this shepherd boy carrying a slingshot was the last person that Saul and Mikal thought would get her hand in marriage. I don't know what her bitterness was. Maybe it's because when she left David's house, and was taken back by Saul, she left as the number one wife, and when she came back to David's household, she was no longer the only wife. She was now, I believe, number three wife. I don't know if that was the cause of her bitterness. Whatever it was, she had an anger, a contempt, a disdain for David, and David had to decide how he was going to respond to it. Watch what the text says, verse 23. So Michal, the daughter of Saul, remained childless throughout her life. David is worshiping the Lord. He is dancing, karah. He is whirling about. His, his priestly tunic is flying open as he gives praise and adoration to God for what the Lord has done. If you thought David was going to praise God, before Obed-Edom's house, he sure enough was going to praise God after Obed-Edom's house. After he saw what happened to Uzzah, Uzzah, who reached out, touched the ark, and died, dropped dead on the spot, and he took the ark of God to Obed-Edom's house, and Obed-Edom's house was blessed for 90 days, man, David came back shouting for real because God gave him another chance. The Bible says he was dancing, he was leaping, he was praising God. And Mikal criticizes him, embarrassed by him. She has disdain and contempt. David blesses God, remember, blesses the people on his way home to bless his family. And the Bible says, Mikal stops him. And then a tremendously sad verse. Verse 23, Mikal, the daughter of Saul, remained childless throughout her life. Now, I don't know if the blessing that David was on his way home to give, the blessing that God was going to give his family, if that was going to be a child that would be conceived with his wife. But I tell you what, when she met him with that bitterness and that disdain, she positioned herself to be too bitter to be blessed. But watch this. Even though she was acting in a bitter way, and so she was too bitter to be blessed, David responds to her and basically says to her, I'm too blessed to be bitter. I'm not going to let you take me there. I am going to rejoice in the Lord. David says, if you thought I gave him some praise before, you can attack my person and you can attack my praise. But I got news for you. If you thought I praised him before, you haven't seen anything yet. Can I ask you a question? Do you temper 
your praise, your worship, your adoration for God, depending on what people say? Are you concerned about what people think? Uh, do, do you hold back because somebody's going to say to you, it, it doesn't take all of that? When the truth of the matter is, they don't know like you know what the Lord has done for you and what God has brought you through and how God has made a way for you. David gives God the praise. And I love what David says in, in verse 21. He says, I, 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 was, I, was, I was not even dancing for you. I was dancing before the Lord. He said, I was dancing before the Lord. I was giving God the praise. You, you were watching something that wasn't even intended for you and does not warrant your criticism or your compliment. I'm worshiping the Lord, and the best thing you could have done, Mikal, is to participate in your own worship because you knew what God had done. Instead of her worshiping, she's criticizing. And guess what? I've learned when you are worshiping the Lord, you don't have time to watch somebody else. You don't have time to criticize somebody else, what somebody else is wearing, what somebody else is doing, what they look like. No, because you are busy taking care of your business. You are busy giving God the praise. David says, the Lord chose me above your father and your family. So you better check whose family you want to identify with. David says, the Lord appointed me as the leader of his people. And David says, because of that, I'm going to give God praise. And if you thought I praised him before, wait until next time. My brothers and sisters, here's what I want you to do. As you look at your life, I want you to think about how you respond when people go low. And I want you to notice something. Many times it is when you are walking closest to God, when you are walking high, that the devil wants to come and ruin your praise, ruin your moment, ruin your joy. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to realize when people go low, they're really trying to pull you down to their level. Make up in your mind to stay high. Stay high. Stay high when they go low. Remember, God is blessing you right now. Remember how God has blessed you in your past and realize that God wants you to respond in a way that brings glory and honor to him. Stay high when someone plots your downfall. Stay high when they try to do you harm. Stay high when others hate on your praise. Stay high when problems come your way. Stay high when people try to rob you. Stay high when people try to stress you. Stay high when people try to pull you down and get you to act out of your character or get you to act in an ungodly way. Learn how to stay high when people try to take you low. And remember, God is always always worthy of the praise, no matter who's watching and no matter who approves. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. 
I thank you, God, because when I think of your goodness and all that you have done for us, we can't help but praise you. When we think about how good, God, you have been to us, we say thank you. We bless your name, God, especially on this Thanksgiving weekend. We have taken time in our own way with our own family and friends and even reflecting within ourselves to think about what we have to be thankful for. And God, we have so much. We have so much to be thankful for. And so God, we pray now and I ask in the name of Jesus that you would give us all we need to stay high when people will go low. That we will do it your way so that you are honored and glorified in the midst of it all. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, my brothers and sisters. Listen, if you're watching right now and you'd like to worship the Lord in giving, we would love to have you do that. Uh, our Thanksgiving offering on Thursday and the entire weekend was dedicated to the Sloans, and you can still give in that mission area. We want to help the Sloans raise the net rest of the funds that they need in order to make their way to Uganda to do the work that God has called them to do full-time in that country on the continent of Africa. So we would love for you to join us. And of course, those of you who have been faithful in your giving, man, God bless you. We have been a blessing to so many people. Um, hundreds of families have been blessed over the past week, thousands during this month. And we thank you because all of that we are able to do because of your faithfulness and because of your giving. Along with that, supporting our missionaries uh, locally, nationally, and internationally, church planters and the like who are carrying the gospel and helping to take hope to the world. We thank God for all of you who are partnering with us in the kingdom building work. If you want to know how to become a Christian, how to accept Christ, um, I want you to go to our website, download our app. You will find the link there that says, I want to accept Christ, but how? And if you click on that link, you will be taken to a video that will show you how to ask the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. If you want to pray right now, you can go to a live prayer request in the chat room and somebody will walk with you and pray for you even now. If you want to know how to uh, become a member of our church, uh, all you have to do is click on the link that says, I want to become a member of the church. Uh, how do I do that? And if you click on that link, uh, it'll walk you through the process of how to become a member of the Good Hope Church. And one of the things that's a little different about what we're doing, uh, we're literally tailoring our program so that we can facilitate your discipleship on the digital platform. So wherever you are in the world, and by the way, we have some people from 130 different countries watching us. Would you do me a favor? Would you go into the chat and let us know where you're watching what country you're watching from. We would love to celebrate you in the coming weeks and months. We would love to celebrate what God is doing in your life. Let us know how God is blessing you through this ministry. Also, if you have become a Christian 
and you want to know what to do now, you can click on the link that says, I just accepted Christ, now what? If you're a new Christian, what do I need to do? And there are five tips that we lay out for you to help you in your initial walk with the Lord. Now, again, uh, don't forget if you would like to worship the Lord in giving, we welcome you to do that. But if not, you know, let the Lord lead you and let the Lord guide you. As we get ready to go into the month of December, this last month of the year, man, this has been a trying year to say the least. And I know there's a lot of COVID fatigue and Zoom fatigue and just fatigue, fatigue. But here's what I am confident in. I am confident that he who has begun a good work in us will bring it to completion, will bring it to pass. So trust God in the midst of it all. Thank God that he is still on the throne and this too will pass. Let's just remain faithful. The Bible says that if we are steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, our labor will not be in vain. All right? Don't forget, God is doing something wonderful in you. God is doing something wonderful in me. Let's give God praise. Let's thank him. And let's continue to keep our eyes on him. God bless.